The scripture reading this morning is taken from Mark chapter 6, verses 34. Just verse 34. Just prior to the events here, larger and larger crowds have been following Jesus and listening to his teachings. And Jesus and his disciples decide to get away in a boat, go across the lake, to be alone in quiet. It doesn't work out that way. Here in in Mark chapter 6, Mark records for us, When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Good morning, everyone. And I appreciate what Jake had to say, that little bit of background, because we're going to actually look at that section for our sermon this morning. I had originally chosen Colossians chapter 3, but we'll look at that in passing. But we're going to look at Mark chapter 6, verses 30 to 44 for our text this morning. So welcome to everyone, anyone that's here visiting with us. We're glad to have you. And we're continuing in our quarterly sermon series titled, Becoming Like Jesus. And as you can see, this morning's lesson is titled, Be Compassionate Like Jesus. So we're we're exploring different things about Jesus and the way that we ought to be as Christians. And so we're going to study, we're going to look at the compassion of Jesus. And so we might ask ourselves, well, why would that be important to study? We know that Jesus was compassionate. Why is that something we, we even need to look at, right? But... There is an answer for that, and we're going to see that as we go through this section and more. So let's start off by reading some verses, Mark chapter 6, and go through, and we'll read that section, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. So Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going, that they did not even have a chance to eat. He said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. So you imagine how many people were there. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give them Give it to them to eat. How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. So five loaves of bread and two fish. That Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. When he gave them to his disciples to set before the people, He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. 
And the disciples picked up twelve baskets full, basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was five thousand. So this same account can be found in Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 to 21. But Matthew adds a few little details we don't have in Mark. So Matthew adds in verse 14, When Jesus landed and saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. So Matthew adds the detail of healing the sick. And then he also adds the detail in verse 21. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. So we're always thinking about feeding the 5,000, but most likely it was more like 10,000 plus. So this was a huge crowd, a very huge crowd. So that makes this miracle that much more amazing when we think about it. 10,000 plus people. Imagine going, for example, to a Winnipeg Jets game, a hockey game, and feeding everybody in there. That should give you an idea how many people there was. A huge, huge, huge crowd. But I would like us to notice a few things in these verses. So number one, Jesus had compassion for his disciples because they were tired from all their labor and they were hungry. And he took compassion on them. He had compassion on them. And he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. He thought about them. That was the first thing he thought of when they came back and they reported. He could see that they were tired. He could see that they were hungry. He had compassion on them. He said, come, come with me. You're going to get some rest. You need it. He didn't expect his disciples to work to the point of exhaustion. He wanted his disciples to be well-fed and well-rested. Number two, Jesus had compassion for people who were sick. He had the power to heal them, and he did. Now, we don't have that ability today. He had compassion as soon as he saw them. He saw them, and he had compassion. Immediately, his heart was moved by what he saw, and we should be affected in the same way. The third thing that we see in that account is Jesus had compassion on lost souls. The text said they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began teaching them many things. He thought it was important to teach God's word to the people so that they could be saved. He believed not being led by God was a sad state to be in. That's how Jesus felt. To see them not being led by God was a sad thing, and he had compassion and felt the need to teach them God's word. And then finally, the fourth thing that we see from that account that's important. Jesus had compassion on the people because they were all hungry. They were starving. They had been with them for a while. And he just couldn't stand the thought of seeing them go away on their own. He felt the need to feed them. He had compassion on them. Even though this was an opportunity to display God's power and perform a miracle, we can't rule out that Jesus was very compassionate toward his creation. He felt for them. He wanted to make sure they were okay. So let's take a look, if you will, in Mark chapter 8, verses 1 to 3, because we see something similar. So that was Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 8, the feeding of the 4,000. And we read in verses 1 to 3. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry... They will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. So it's another miracle. Jesus feeds the 4,000. He can't bear the thought of seeing anyone go hungry. He can't bear the thought of seeing them go home and not make it home and collapse on the way. So now, what about us? How is looking at those passages important? Now, obviously, we see the compassion of Jesus. We see what it looks like, right? Well, let's, let's answer that question by looking at a few more passages. 
and then we will be able to understand it all. And these are passages after Jesus ascended to heaven. This isn't the time when Jesus is there with the people. This is afterwards. Notice, we're going to look at three passages, and I want us to take a look at these passages. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Notice what it says. Be be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So we're called to be compassionate. We're called to be compassionate the way that Jesus was. And notice that being compassionate is not the same thing as being kind. Sometimes we we mix that up. Sometimes we think they're the same thing, but they're not. It's very different. So you might find this interesting. The Greek word translated as kind also means useful, fit for use, virtuous and gracious. So to be kind is someone who is fit for use or is useful. That means the word kind implies something that you do for or toward somebody else. So being kind is something that you do for or toward somebody else. The Greek word translated as compassionate also means tender-hearted and is translated that way in actually some of the Bible translations. Albert Barnes describes the word like this. He says, having a heart disposed to pity and compassion and especially disposed to show kindness to the faults of erring brethren for so the connection demands. So being kind is what we are to do. Being compassionate or tender-hearted is how we ought to feel on the inside. It's two different things. So that compassion, that tenderness we feel on the inside should stir us to be kind, to do something for others. It should move us to be kind just like Jesus was. And we can see how he was kind. We saw the example. We saw it. Mark chapter 6. Take a look now at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 says this. Finally, all of you, live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. So before we see what Paul had to say, now we're seeing what Peter had to say. Before that, we saw what Jesus did. And they're just talking about doing what Jesus did. But notice the things that Peter said. He says, live in harmony with one another. Other translations say, be of one mind. Be of one mind. So we should be on the same page. We should agree with each other. Be sympathetic, the NIV says. Other translations say, having compassion one for another. Love as brothers and sisters. We are to love as a family, because that's what we are. We're brothers and sisters. The NIV says, be compassionate. Other translations say, be pitiful. Be pitiful. So, interesting. And finally, the NIV says, be humble. And other translations say, be courteous. Now, As far as that word there, compassionate, we are to show pity. We're to show pity towards people. It is part of being tender-hearted. We should be people who can be moved and not be cold as ice. When we see a need, when we see somebody suffering, when we see anything, it should move us. And if it doesn't, we have to say, what's wrong with us? How come that doesn't bother me? How come I'm not bothered by that? Finally, let's take a look at one last passage, Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. This is the passage I was going to originally use for my text, but instead, I'm only going to mention this in passing. In Colossians 3, verses 12 to 14, we read this. Therefore, as God's chosen people, take notice of that part, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, humility gentleness, and patience. 
Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So we are told to clothe ourselves with these things. And he mentions compassion. Compassion is the first thing on the list, right at the beginning. We're to wear it. It is something we should have on every day along with the other things mentioned in the passage. We should have them on. These are virtues that a Christian is to put on. We're to make a conscious decision to wear them. When we get up, we should decide to want to do these things. We see the list there. We should behave in that way. So a while ago I asked, so now what about us? How was looking at those passages important? Well, from the Ephesians, Colossians, and 1 Peter passages, we learn more about what the word compassionate means and what we ought to be doing as Christians. From the previous passages in Mark, we learned what it looked like. We saw what Jesus did. We know how to do it. We just got to follow his example. That's what he did. He showed us how to do that. He had compassion on people, and he helped us to understand what it looks like. So now, I want us to look at the four points that I made a while ago about what Jesus did in that section that we looked at. So, Jesus had compassion for his disciples because they were tired from all their labor and they were hungry. Well, he had compassion on us as well in the same way, and we should have compassion on the members here who work tirelessly to do so much to set up for worship, to set up for Bible study classes, to help with potluck and so much more. We need to be more committed people of God. We need to want to help out. We should be compassionate and we should be kind. We should be willing to help out. The second point we said was Jesus had compassion for people who were sick. His heart was moved for them. We might not be able to heal people, but we should want to visit people who are in the hospital as a way to encourage them. This isn't something that's specifically my job or the elder's job or somebody's specific job. It's all of our job. If we have compassion like Christ, we should want to go visit people who are sick because they're our brothers in there and our sisters. We should want to go see them, make sure they're okay. It's everyone's job. We are to clothe ourselves with compassion. The third point we had brought up was Jesus had compassion on lost souls, and he thought it was important to teach them God's word. God feels pity for people who are in a lost state, and so should we. We should want to share the word of God with others in the hope that people will come to know the truth and be saved. We should want people to be led by the Spirit, to be led by morality, by the morals that we see in God's word. And that is another way that we show compassion. And then finally, that fourth point that we made a while ago. Jesus had compassion on the people because they were all hungry. Jesus was very, very compassionate toward his creation. We mentioned that a while ago. We are all created in the image of God. And if he has compassion for his creation, then we should too. We should have compassion for each other. We are all God's creation. We should be tender-hearted toward others as he was. We should care about seeing people fed and clothed and so much more. We should, period, care about people do we do we come here and we avoid certain people do we come here we just say i want to get worship service over with and get home because i'm looking forward to watching something on tv do we have compassion in the way we should for people we do great things us as a body as a family we do great things with our clothing giveaway and so much more these are great things 
And we should all want to help out in that effort. We should all want to be compassionate. We should all be committed Christians to want to see people in a better state than they are now. We should care about seeing people fed and clothed and so much more. It can't be just something we do because God wants us to. We have to want to do it. Having a desire in our heart to do it just as our master Jesus did. Do we have that desire in us? If we don't, then it's something we need to work on. At the beginning of this lesson, I asked, why would it be important to study about the compassion of Jesus? If we're going to claim to be Christians, then we need to do things the way Jesus did. We can't claim to be Christians if we're not going to do what Jesus did, if we're not going to follow his example. We saw what compassion looked like. We need to do the same. We have to be those people. Be compassionate like Jesus. If you have not heard the good news that could save you, won't you do that today? Won't you take the step of hearing the good news and obeying it so that you can look forward to heaven? Come forward as we stand and sing our invitation song.